Hello and welcome to the OCR Exams podcast, where we'll be chatting with a range of guest speakers from the world of education. My name's Anthony, I'm one of the hosts of the podcast. Here at OCR, we're committed to supporting teachers and exams officers at every step of their journey with us. We're also here to help our students reach their full potential, and some of our podcasts will feature tips and advice on revising, preparing for exams, and managing mental health. Please remember to like, comment on and subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're using and be sure to follow our other social media channels. We're on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Just search for OCR exams. You can also find a range of subject specific blogs on our website, ocr.org.uk forward slash blog. So let's get started with today's episode. episode of the OCR podcast. My name is Ruth Carter and I'm Stakeholder Relationships Manager here at OCR. I'm also part of a priority working group within OCR looking at people and planet. Today I'll be chatting to my guests about equality, diversity, inclusion and belonging, what this means to them and their experiences of teaching and learning. At OCR we're committed to supporting a curriculum that helps young people develop an ethical view of the world. This enables them to take social responsibility, understand environmental issues, and prepare them for the green jobs in the future. We look to embed EDIB principles into everything we do, from our products and services to our student assessments and our working environment and culture, and believe that creating a wider, more engaging curriculum improves the teaching experience and delivers assessments that support students to demonstrate their full potential. For those that work with us, we want to create a working environment that promotes diverse views and allows people to challenge themselves so that they feel confident to perform at their best. Everyone at OCR is responsible to help drive and promote equality, diversity and inclusion. We understand that as an organisation and individuals, we need to be flexible and open-minded in our working practices. As part of our work in the last year, we formed an EDIB advisory board. This brings together around 20 representatives from relevant external stakeholders to articulate the concerns, issues and needs of education in relation to equality, diversity, inclusion and belonging. And this is to lead positive change and to inform and advance our strategic agenda. So let me welcome and introduce my guests who are both members of the OCR Equality, Diversity, Inclusion and Belonging Advisory Board, having joined the board earlier this year. First, let me welcome Tyra Khan. Tyra teaches history and religious studies at King Edward VI Byway Schools and is EDI lead at the King Edward VI Foundation. She is passionate about EDIB and student experience. Hi Tyra, thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you very much for having me. This is really looking forward to this conversation. It's good to see you here. Um, I'd also like to welcome Simran Watson next, one of Tyra's students. Simran studies A-level history, psychology and politics and is a student member of the OCR EDIB advisory board. Welcome Simran and thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's really great to have you both here. Thank you so much. So let's get started with the questions that we have for you. Um, and just to say that these questions, we've we've obviously, you know, worked together and uh, and we've um, got our BDIB advisory boards input to these questions as well. Um, so we just thought it'd be really great to to see 
what what you think. So let's start. What does EDIB, so Equality, Diversity, Inclusion and Belonging, mean to you? I'm going to start with you, Tyra. Thank you. So for me, EDIB means equality and fairness of opportunity and also access to this opportunity. EDIB promotes um, everybody having access to opportunities that will allow, will allow everybody to thrive. It also means that everybody's differences are celebrated and this celebration encourages belonging. If everybody's identity is welcomed, people will feel safe to express them. So it's access to opportunity um, and it's encouragement of, well, it's celebration of difference and belonging. But in a specific school context, it involves inclusivity in the curriculum um, and educating for all identities. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. <laughs> Simran, have you got anything to add to that? What, what does it mean to you? Yeah, so obviously copying all what um, Tyra said, but it is educating about the differences so that we can all celebrate them for all identities and just generally encouraging acceptance so that with through education we can prevent ignorance and you know it's beyond tolerance and it's that main thing of celebrating difference so that everyone feels like they're belonged and welcomed that's it and as we were saying as tyra had said it's you know being able to give those opportunities as well um that's that's really great thank you very much both um so obviously we've, we've spoken um a little bit with regards to obviously your roles within school but I'd really like to hear how EDIB is uh, it's sort of two-part question how it's supported um, and also how it's received or perceived within your school. Simran are you all right to go first on this one? Yeah of course um, so I think generally there's a really positive um, view around EDIB within school both staff and students I think we all welcome um, welcome this concept. Um, we recently introduced a Cultures and Identities Day um, where everyone was able to dress up in their either cultural or whatever they identify clothing day. Um, and I think that was really good. Um, also just general visibility around EDIB within school. So um, during um, Pride Month, we welcomed lanyards and the staff did but what was really nice about this was even after pride month you know was finished everyone carried on pretty much everyone carried on wearing the lanyards um and it actually kind of shows that there is mean, meaningful action it wasn't about token gestures everyone supports it across the year all the time and i think that's really good to see across the school definitely and um Obviously, we can we can see each other, and I can see that Tyra is wearing her lanyard still as well. I noticed that um, when we first said hello. Um, no, it's it's brilliant that um, that you you know you've got all these um, initiatives that are happening, and like you say, not just for one day, but things that are continuing to go along. Tyra, have you got anything to to add to that, particularly yeah. in your role as EDI lead? Yes. Yeah, so across the foundation, um, the foundation is looking is. Um, supporting EDI across all the 13 schools that currently um, are part of our foundation. Um, and it means that we are taking EDI from a, a top-down approach. We're making it a focus for our um, at the centre of the foundation, and that will trickle down to all the other schools. So we've got um, a staff EDI body, we've got a student committee, 
We've got an ETI board, which our CEO sits on and other key stakeholders in the foundation. And it's through collaborating with lots of different areas in the foundation, the staff, the students, the governors, that we are listening to all voices so we can create things like an EDI strategy that is all inclusive, that is comprehensive. Um, and it's through that strategy that we can then plan for future EDI steps and activities. So one of the biggest things that came out from listening to our stakeholders was training um, and making sure that we as a foundation are providing accurate and relevant training to all our staff so that our staff feel empowered to speak about EDI and to promote it in, like someone said, in a meaningful way. Absolutely. I really agree with you there, particularly with regards to sort of empowering the staff. That's something that we're doing at OCR here as well. We have our priority working group and it's really about enabling our, our staff and those that we work with to feel comfortable and confident, like you say, to be able to empower, to be able to have those important conversations uh, to support each other. Um, absolutely. It's so, so important. Um, no mean feat with regards to sort of coordinating 13 schools and building into the uh, the strategy. <laughs> It's a big job. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big job. Very big job. But yeah, it sounds fantastic for what, what you're doing. I know you've touched on some of the initiatives already. And, and yeah, like I say, sounds fantastic. Is there anything in particular that, you know, it sort of is the priority at school at the moment or things that you're specifically working on with, with students? So this year, um, the five ways specifically, the school I actually work at, um, we've uh, had a real push in broadening what EDIB means. And so we've included an environmental focus in our EDIB. So we're really pushing our net zero team um, and they are becoming even more vocal and even more active in this year, this year. And this is part of us looking outwards as a school, looking to how we can be sustainable. So EDI, you know, shouldn't, as Simon said earlier, shouldn't just be a token gesture. It should be something that is long lasting. And that is part of the work that the net zero team do yeah, um, so a member of a key member of the Net Zero Society um, is really pushing to implement uh, just a fundraising day so that we can support, um, you know, encouraging, um, educating about the environment through this Net Zero Society by having an enclosed day that's um, on the same day as um, I think it's World Soil Day, um, just so that people alongside educating that we can raise money through just initiatives like non-school uniform days to um, implement that in school but alongside the environment um, around Black History Month we always have stuff going on at school whether it's lunchtime activities, um, assemblies, a lot of students are always vocal about wanting to do assemblies to encourage that educating um, everyone across the school and what I think is really great about it is when students um, do this, there's always feedback and yeah. it, it gives the students the opportunity to actually implement more than um, what they see. And if, if they, they already want to improve it, they're always looking to ways through student-run societies yeah. and um, yeah, just, just generally across the curriculum as well, um, whether it's Black History Month or yeah. International Women's Week. Yes. So yeah, definitely. But um, speaking of the curriculum, oh, sorry. Um, speaking of the curriculum, um, as well as doing this as a, as a school, the foundation are looking to audit um, all the curriculum, specifically looking at EDIB. Um, and we 
the intention behind that is to celebrate the existing EDIB work that currently happens across all our 13 schools. Lots of it goes um, uh, unannounced, and it's important that we shine light on the, and then we celebrate what our schools are doing, but also look to departments and look to lessons where EDIB could be really present in those lessons or in those curriculums um, and help our schools to ensure that it is even more present so that's something that specifically the foundation is doing and the whole aim of this is to ensure that EDIB is is present in the culture of, of the entire organization so EDIB is present in and, and is reaching all the you know the thousands of students that we as a foundation um, that, 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 are, that are part of our foundation that's absolutely fascinating thank you so much and yeah like you say yeah, really embedding EDIB into absolutely everything that you do and I I love the way that you are giving your students your young people the, the platform that advocacy that they um that the you know the agency that they can absolutely take forward and make a difference that real peer-to-peer um session and, and yeah like you say that absolute celebration as well it's really important to be able to celebrate and and you can then look look back you know you can see how far the journey's taken you and you know all those voices that have come together along the way um it was really interesting hearing you talk about the environment and the net zero element as well that's something we're really um doing and embedding again um at OCR and within the wider organization with Cambridge University Press um and assessment as well um I'm co-chair of our environment staff network um so we're working very very closely with um we've got a global head of EDIB working really really closely um really again trying to get all those those voices coming through celebrate what we've done and and really tie it in you know working you know we're signed up to the UN global compact as well you know really trying to get all those threads all those strands together and um and like you say talk talk about what we're doing celebrate what we're doing and really give people that that agency so yeah it's absolutely key so what you're doing sounds fantastic um I'll ask you another question now um and I, you, you're touching on all of these already with your brilliant answers but how important is it to involve students in the strategy and decision making for edib yeah, so I think one of the first things is that the students are the ones directly impacted by everything that especially OCR are doing with EDIB. And it's their voices that need to be heard. They're the ones that will experience it. And I think we, you know, we are the voice to plan and make meaningful EDIB work. So they have the power to set the agenda and within schools. It is their voice that should be heard. They're the main stakeholders. And yeah, um, not just being biased because I'm a student, but um, yeah, I think that it's really important. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, even as a member of staff, uh, being so connected to students, our experiences of EDI or our priorities, EDI priorities, might not be the same priorities as our students. And if they are the main body present in our schools and in all schools, then their voices should be the, the, the ones driving our EDIB agenda because they can bring to our attention things that we haven't considered or they can provide some really interesting feedback about what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Um, and that can help us plan present EDI work, but also future EDI work as well. So we can make this uh, an ever growing and ever developing uh, process. 
Yeah, definitely, because I feel sometimes students um, encounter stuff to do with EDIB that maybe um, teachers don't. Yeah, and absolutely. I think it's really important that teachers kept in the loop with that. Yes. Um, so that everyone can be on the same page to improve um, everything and just that feedback again mm. from the students. But it goes both ways. Absolutely, yeah. It's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It has it has to be, doesn't it? And Simran, you were just saying, you know, um, that you as you know as a young person, as a student, you said, oh, you know, I'm just you know, yours is the most important voice. It absolutely is. You know, young people and you know, yourself, you know, you are so key to this process. You know, the student voice, um, yeah, is is just so important, and it's it's how how we, you know. Uh, can support you you know you are you are the future like you say you know you're able to see things that perhaps um you know older people might not be able to um you know so it's really about you know how do we all work together how do we support you because yeah, yeah you you and, and you know the new voices with you are absolutely the future um so uh, yeah absolutely key <laughs> absolutely key um so uh, what tips or advice have you got for other schools or colleges that may be starting to develop strategies of as part of their EDIB journey? So this is um, something that I wish some wish we had those these tips because it was last year and the year before really that um, we as a school and as a foundation were really picking up the pace with our EDIB journey. Um, and so one of the first things that we did as a, as a school was um, speak to the students and it, it's through communication you know, as we said, it's, it's their voice that's so important. So starting off by speaking to the students, what do they want? Um, create fo focus groups with a teacher or even ideally an SLT link. Um, so their voices are, are, are being heard from, you know, through all levels of the school. Um, what is it that they want? What is it that they um, really enjoy that that's currently happening in school? What do you think? What, how do I explain this? What is it that they want to celebrate what is it that they want to develop um but from from a bigger perspective from a from a sort of from a foundation perspective as well as well as speaking to the students who spoke to our staff and speaking to the staff allowed us to help mold our edr strategy we heard their um we heard well it's, it's hearing from the horse's mouth what is it that they want to celebrate that we're currently doing as as a as a as a, as an employer, but also what is it that we need to work on? And it's through speaking to students and through staff. It, this, you know, this is why this is a really interesting role because you you've got you know you've got spending lots of plates, but they're they're really important ones. You get to you get you get to hear a really comprehensive, uh, you get a comprehensive understanding of EDI when you're speaking to all stakeholders. I know this is a very business kind of word. Um, this is what our head of department said um, a few days ago, but it's true. When you're speaking to all stakeholders, you really understand um, the, the whole picture. And so start off by, by talking, talking to staff, talking to students. And it's through that, that me as, a, as an EDI lead at the school and at the foundation, we then created an EDI calendar based on that. And that helped us plan what we would do, what, what events we want, what initiatives we would create what we would focus on. Um, it allowed us to plan for the future as well because we can't cover everything in 12 months. So what, um, the yeah, what are the yeah. priorities? This is a rolling program, so it's important that, that we're aware of that. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, even if it's starting off with small things, just 
like displays and even like yeah. the, the lanyards it's it's where you start and how you can go from there just making sure everyone's aware that it's it's visible and everyone's represented but um definitely everything um here said so yeah and and lastly um also related to that actually speaking of visibility making sure that not just the staff and student body are aware of this edib work but we are celebrating it out into the community as well so we're keeping the our our, our parents our carers the community aware through our newsletters through social media through things like this podcast um so we're not just making edi we're not which you know edib doesn't exist in a vacuum and so it's important that we are vocal about this edi work definitely like you say yeah bringing that the you know the wider community through as well yeah. is just yeah so so important um and and like you say you know like yeah it's really um interesting hearing about how you're you're implementing and like you were saying you know you started your journey it would have been good to have advice from um you know from from someone else a little bit further down the line but you're you're absolutely trailblazing in this and and I think what you're you know also what you're saying something that we're working on here at OCR as well as you know when we're talking to people which as you say is absolutely imperative you know you've you've got to not just not just talk but you've got to listen you've got to be seen to be able to take these things on board as well so if you're having conversations or if you're doing surveys, you know, what do you do with that information? You've absolutely got to be seen to, to take it, it forward. Um, it's the only only way that that, that you can. Um, so, yeah, all these different initiatives. Um, and then, like you say, you know, spreading that out into the wider community as well, those that you're working with and, and bringing, bringing everyone together and, and forward as well. So absolutely key. Um, so just... A little bit about the advisory board as well so it's it's great to have you join us on the advisory board the ocr edib advisory board can i just ask why you were interested in working with us on the board um yeah so i think first of all it's i thought quite privileged to be on the board because it gives us the opportunity to make a real difference it's the start of creating national change everyone's got to start from somewhere and these initiatives that like the feedback and bringing organisations together to all work towards the same um, goal is an important way to set the agenda for um, influencing real change. And it is really um, pertinent in our lives. doesn't matter who you are. Um, it affects all of us, and that's why we should all be working together. So, yeah, the advisory board is just the perfect way to start, really. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. I mean... Um, exam and exam boards are so important. Uh, play such a big part in in the lives of in 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 school. And often, you know, they they seem to be this like faceless, you know, beast. Sometimes, you know, oh, it's OCR, it's AQA, and and they, it seems as if there's there's a disconnect between exam boards and uh, schools sometimes. So when there's an opportunity to bring the two together, it means that you can. It, it really helps me as a member of staff understand the processes behind um exams and uh, resources and um training available and when there's an opportunity to to be a part of change for you know for it's it's so it's so important as Simran said it's if this is such a big part of our lives making sure our school lives and our work lives making sure that we can change this for for, for the better and change it positively it's it's going to benefit it's going to benefit everybody us in our everyday lives our students our resources 
it will benefit other teachers and other students as well. So like someone said, absolutely national change. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, whilst you're talking, you know, it's really key, you know, well, the reason that we set up the um, the advisory board really was because we can't do it by ourselves. We've absolutely got to work together. Um, and as we've just been saying earlier as well, you know, the, the youth voice is absolutely key. So it's brilliant that you've joined us in run and, uh, and, you know, really having things from that, that school perspective, we've got lots of different organisations um, that obviously have joined us on that board. So really, you know, how do we bring all those different perspectives in to enable uh, and help our students, you know, to ensure that our assessments are, you know, accessible and inclusive, that young people can see themselves in, in the story. So the context is, is absolutely relevant, but also, um, yeah, how those assessments are, are designed so that, you know, as we said, they are accessible and and inclusive is absolutely um, key. Yeah, can't do it by ourselves. We all absolutely have to work together. So it's it's brilliant that uh, that you have been able to join join the board. So so thank you so much. Um, you obviously talking about exam boards. Um, what do you think that OCR um, and exam boards could do to offer more support, guidance, or resources in this area? So future thinking here. I think that's a really good question. And I spoke to a few members of my department about this um, and speaking specifically from a history perspective, but this applies to all curriculums. It's, you know, you talked about inclusivity of assessments, but I think the inclusivity of curriculums is just as it is mm -hmm. critical. Um, and that doesn't just involve curriculum, but everything that comes under that umbrella that involves um, resources, lessons, reading lists, um, training as well. So when I was speaking to, to, to my department about this, there are, we, there are um, EDIB positive curriculum options. Um, for instance, AQA does, does a few with um, A-level history. However, and, and OCR does with GCSE as well. However, what, what stops teachers from going down though and choosing those curriculums is lack of training or perhaps accessibility of training um, or it's 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 that lack of being comfortable with with trying something and, and 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 feeling as if teachers have to start from scratch and with time constraints that is that puts that puts educators off and so what OCR could do is if they are offering more diverse and inclusive curriculum options also broadening the resources and the training that comes with those options that would encourage teachers to, to, to pick those inclusive options. So it's definitely curriculum resources and training. Um, so teachers are familiar with the content and are confident teaching the content because if they're not confident, then that will that will certainly reflect on, on, on the student experience as well. Definitely, because it's, it's great that they're introducing these modules that are much more um, inclusive, but if the teachers aren't choosing them because yeah. they don't feel um, confident or familiar enough with them, then they're not going to be implemented. But um, from a student perspective, I think it's, it's just more speculation, but the amount of content that um, we have to learn, even at GCSE, I think some people regard it as a memory test. Um, and even at A-level, just the amount that we have to learn I just, I just wonder if there's more flexibility and whether it's fit and purpose for everyone um, and whether, you know, I, I made this thing that 
do I know how to do my taxes when I'm older at school or can I just um, regurgitate a lot of information and I don't know if that's truly accessible to everyone and yeah. whether that's exactly what exam boards can do or whether it's from a higher power but um, it, it's definitely um, difficult for a lot of people and whether that's accessible enough um, but I think that's why it's so important to hear the voice um, of students and the, the feedback from people because if there is re-evaluation necessary it comes from um, the people that are impacted by it. Absolutely. I think also OCR could make their work a little bit more visible if I was a part of I wasn't the EDI lead, um, and this is not sorry, just it's not just OCR. Um, I just saw your face as I said that. Um, but um, this is, you know, this, it's it's uh, examples generally. I think as a, as companies as well. Um, if I wasn't part, if I wasn't the, if I wasn't working in the foundation related for for EDI, I wouldn't have come across the OCR EDI advisory board. Um, even though I've been teaching OCR for years, um, and so I think it's really important that examples make their EDIB work even more visible um, put it on to not just their websites but put it onto social media platforms and accessible social media platforms so you know not just for instance I would say you know maybe Facebook isn't so outdated but you know <laughs> something a little bit more um, accessible than Facebook or, or and, and, and be intentional with that where do you place your content and 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 is it the best place for that content? Um, so making sure that platforms are accessible as well as uh, as well as all the resources. Yeah, because it's great how much work is being done behind the scenes. But yeah. When that's behind the scenes and people aren't aware of it, then they're never going to know um, mm. what's really going on and how much effort gets put in. Um, so if it's visible and people are aware, they, they're more likely to, you know, have trust and want to implement it as well. Yes. That's why this podcast is so important. Absolutely, I was going to say, and that's why you know it, it is. It is important. That's why we're you know we're really looking at, at this, um, you know, so that we do again. Yeah, you know, like we said, we can't do it by ourselves. It's how we how we all work together. It's why the OCR EDIB advisory board um, was set up. So yeah, very very much so. How can we help to promote what we're doing? Well, find out. You know talk with others look at what we want to do look at then how we do it then look at that that whole sort of visibility side of things so absolutely as you say it, it's more than just the website um and that's something that's quite new to us as well with our people and planet area of the OCR website as well we've got that that area um, very recently um and uh, and as you say it's how we promote things um on social media media and again how you know how do we engage how do we get those voices coming through um to work with us or, or to let us know how we can support further um, and yeah as you say absolutely really key this podcast you know this is this is part of our our journey and how we again you know we're working together how we're getting um the you know the, the messaging out um and how we look look to go forward as well with with the work that we're doing um simran when you were saying about the um sort of the, the content side of things within um, exams again yes that's something that we we've absolutely heard and I think it is really key to get that that balance of content and again you know it's why that youth voice is so important in coming through um, it is bigger than than just OCR or just uh, you know exam boards um, but it is us working closely obviously with the department for education when we're particularly when we're looking to the next round of reform as well you know how can we get 
um, you know, that that balance of, of content, right? So absolutely something that we're really thinking thinking about and wanting to take forward. So I really appreciate that that answer. Thank you. Um, so again, you know, we've talked about what we could do uh, to cover more in this area, but um, you know, why do you think it's important for exam boards to be clear about their work on EDIB? So that you know, really looking at that that kind of transparency side of things. Yeah, so I think, again, it's that kind of having trust between students and the exam boards, just building that awareness. It means that students um, know that the exam boards do have their best interests at heart. They're more likely to want to do well if they feel that what they're you know, going to be exam, exam, um, examined. Examined, examined, in, <laughs> examined in, is fair and accessible to them because exam season, all the work, as we've said, with the amount of content, it's already such a stressful time for so many people. And having the extra doubt and anxiety that an exam board isn't fair is just going to be making it worse for everyone. So making students aware of it, it means that students have trust um, with the exam board that. Um, their best interests are hard to remove that extra doubt and anxiety just um, yeah and even it gives the opportunity for students to make the change if they know that um, all these exam boards and OCR are working on EDIB they know that there's a place that they can change um, what they want and they should know how to encourage the change so if they're clear um, yeah it just it makes it all <laughs> more accessible yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's the belonging in EDIB. When um, when EC, OCR and other examples are clear about their work, they are encouraging that belonging. As Simran said, that that uh, the the trust that's created when students feel as if they their OCR is listening to them, they feel like they belong. And so when they sit in that example, they know that they will be presented with a paper or or, or some questions that they have. It will increase their confidence. They will know that they, they they see themselves. They will see themselves reflected in in their assessments, in their curriculums, and their resources. They will feel confident in engaging with that with the with the material. So it's building that in confidence, which will in turn build that sense of belonging. And and you know OCR is the face of education. It's one of the faces of education. So it's important that such an such a significant body in this in this community is 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 spearheading this because it it makes the rest of the community members in this case teachers and students they feel it, it's it, they, they feel that confidence in in getting behind OCR and other examples yeah because I feel like a lot of students wouldn't know what actually is going on yeah um so yeah I think this you mentioned about examples being human and yeah I think that's really important because um a lot of the time it is just a specification that you yeah. go and follow and get right or you get it wrong and if they're clear about them actually being more than that mm. then we're more likely to want to do well and um, feel like yeah that we belong mm. and that it is accessible to everyone yeah and you talked about earlier you said that um you know schools or it seems as schools are just exam focused and yes. um, and 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 this is EDIB ensures that we're building the whole student, the whole person, as opposed to just a just an, a, an essay regurgitating individual. Yeah. They are a human being, and they um, they've got interests and they've got identities, 
and exactly that's a problem we shouldn't we should ensure that the curriculum supports all our identities and encourages that expression Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. And like you say, you know, rather than it just you know, being the assessment at, at the end, you know, it is it's that whole experience. You're looking at the whole curriculum, the experience, giving people the experience and the richness of all these amazing subjects um, to be able to, like you say, sort of see themselves um, in, in you know, where they fit in with regards to that subject and the, the story and, and all those different voices, again, that are within that subject community. It's been able to have that that access to it um and I, I think yeah like you were saying Tyree you know really you know enable young people to see themselves reflected um to be able to really engage and to build that that confidence so again that's all part of you know how we as a awarding organization you have to make you know like you said not just the assessments but the whole sort of that, the curriculum the specification side of things you know really accessible um and inclusive and you know really looking at um you know like like you say you know you are you are our students and you know we we are all absolutely working together to to make you feel as comfortable as possible I think and like you say it's about you know, showing that we have a voice too um and that we are approachable that we are accessible and and obviously that's the reasons why we're, we're really looking at, at doing more things like our podcast but using social media as well and I think that's that's a, a recent step for all awarding organizations you know being able to to have this two-way conversation very sort of quickly and you know and also how we can support so for example we've got our Instagram um, sort of channel, you know, where we're really looking to support students by offering tips, you know, particularly, it might be the exam series, you know, how to manage your anxiety, how to avoid procrastination, uh, you know, all these different ideas, um, you know, uh, I suppose, and, um, you know, that support coming through, whether it's top tips or whether it's, again, access to a, a podcast, working with, again, other voices, other experts that all sort to, uh, to to feed into this. So, yeah, it's it's so important for us to be clear about, you know, the work that, that we're, we're doing and to, you say, be absolutely accessible. And what we were talking about earlier on, about listening, how we can take things forward as well, how we can all work together. Well, we're at the last question now. <laughs> so... Um, Back to the advisory board, the ACR advisory board. Could you tell us a bit about your experience? I know it's early days yet, but could you tell us a bit about your experience of being on the advisory board so far? Um, it's been incredibly positive. It, it's so wonderful to see the work that OCR are doing um, based on the board and based on our conversations. It's clear that this is something that's going to empower our students and our staff and even OCR. This is something that's going to benefit everybody. EDIB does benefit all. And so to see OCR being so active in their EDIB work and seeing exactly what they're doing in, you know, with certain curriculums and with certain subjects, it's it's really reassuring. It it puts um, you know, my mind at ease as a as a teacher and, and as an EDI lead. Um, and so it's just it's it's been it's been really positive, surprising and, and in a really good way. Yeah, I agree. Again, I think that surprise as well, actually, for me. I was I was really um, shocked how many people were involved and participating. And it's enough to have many people participating, but it was the fact that everyone there genuinely seemed like um, they wanted to yeah. help and they wanted to improve. 
and I felt like no matter what you wanted to say it was a space to be heard and respected and I just think that's the epitome of VDIB isn't it absolutely so having a board that reflects that that is welcoming everyone's ideas um even as a student you know I felt really welcome. Mm. It's just been really positive. So we're very, very lucky to be yeah. on the board. Oh, well, thank you so much for for being on the board and absolutely lending those those important voices. And Simran, particularly from a, a student point of view, it's absolutely key that that we have you there and the the uh, yeah the the well. But you both bring fantastic energy to the board. But again, brilliant ideas. And it's just absolutely great, you know, when we say, you know, well, what do students think about this? Or what, you know, what what should we do next? You know, you're, you're absolutely there. And like you say, I think we've built or we're in the process, you know, it's still early days, you know, really building a really strong and close community where we absolutely support each other um, going forward. And you know, where, where, like you say, you know, we can just start, you know, ask a question. We've got a wealth of experience and, and voices um, in the virtual room, as it were, to, to be able to really look at things a bit differently and give different viewpoints um, and uh, and enable us to, to take things forward. So, yes, thank you so much for all your work so far on the EDIB advisory board. Thank you for today as well. I've just found our conversation so engaging. Um, again, you know, the energy, I've just really enjoyed talking to you. Really interesting. And you've given us some great points to, again, think about um, and to take forward as well. So thank you so much um, for joining me, Tyra and Simran. Um, I'd also like to say thank you to everyone else for listening. Um, I hope you found this episode interesting. Don't forget to share this podcast with your colleagues and students and please get in touch with us if you need any further support. All our contact details and social media channels can be found at ocr.org.uk forward slash contact.